Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode seven of The Vampire Diaries, which is called My Brother's Keeper. What a ride this was. And I thought with the title that we were going to do a lot of jammy stuff, which we did, but we took a whole nother path by the end of it. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite episodes of the series. It's always in episode seven. I know the episode sevens never miss primarily because of the twist at the end. And we'll get there. It's like, I think one of the best executed twists on the show. Cause I was not even remotely in that mindset. Like I would never have guessed that. Well, and when she starts explaining it, you like start to follow. And as soon as you get it, you're like, no, not now, not this. At first I was watching it. And I was like, what does she mean? And then I was like, wait, is Damon sired to Klaus? Then I was like, oh, Oh, no. But we'll get there when we get there. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Caroline does her best to be there for Stefan and Elena in a tough time. Damon tries to convince Stefan to help him uncover Professor Shane's motives, but Stefan is intent on carrying out a different plan with Klaus. At the annual Miss Mystic Falls pageant, Elena and Caroline give April advice on which dress to wear, while Tyler and Haley work together on a secret project, and Damon confronts Professor Shane with his suspicions. Alarmed by the vivid nightmares he's having, Jeremy turns to Matt for help, but the situation escalates sooner than anyone expected. Yeah. Something always goes down at Miss Mystic Falls. But we open the episode in the woods. Stefan is doing push-ups while he's on the phone with Caroline. Caroline's at the Lockwood House setting up for Miss Mystic Falls. And Caroline says, what do you mean you're not coming? Because she reminds him that his attendance at Miss Mystic Falls sucks. Because if you'll remember, at last year's Miss Mystic Falls, he was out almost killing Amber Bradley. And, you know, we immediately start the episode like, oh, we're doing Miss Mystic Falls again. Hell yeah. Off to a great start. And Caroline says, also, you're a founding family member. So by definition, you like have to be here. And Stefan says, oh, Elena and I broke up. By definition, I don't have to be anywhere. Okay. Suck it up a little bit. Drama King. It wasn't out of nowhere. (laughs) You kind of saw it coming. It was a little mutual too. (laughs) Technically, you dumped her. Yeah. And Caroline says, does that sound depressing to you as it did to me? And he says, look, I'm not depressed, but I do want to rip into someone's artery and feed till I can't breathe. Sounds depressed, King. She says, okay, well, I can't let you because I am your sponsor. So maybe you should try and sublimate. He tells her that Elena told him that she has feelings for Damon. And Caroline says, what? (laughs) Caroline's like, you've got to be shitting me. Caroline says she cannot have feelings for Damon. He's Damon and you're you. And I'm revolted. She's just like me for real. (laughs) Her Stelena side is clear. She is fully staked on that side of the team. She is Stelena's number one supporter. Yeah. Which is iconic. They need a vocal front woman. She says, you know what? I'm going to talk to her and shake some sense into her. And Stefan says, I honestly don't know what good that's going to do. Like Elena being a vampire really has changed her. And Caroline says, well, guess we got to cure her. And then she sees Elena approach and she's like, I got to go. And he says, yeah, I'll be fine. And then they hang up. And then... In the woods, Klaus suddenly appears and grabs Stefan by the neck. He's a little pissed off. (laughs) Because now Caroline also knows about the cure. Klaus says, in what world do the words tell no one mean tell your brother and every teenage sycophant in town? He's right. He's right. He did ask Stefan to tell no one and Stefan told multiple people. Now, granted, he was kind of pushed into a corner there. (laughs) And granted, 
like, I get why Klaus didn't want anyone to know. But at this point, like anyone Stefan told is pretty trustworthy in the grand scheme. Stefan says, look, the secret's safe. No one's going to endanger us. You know, I want to find the cure more than anyone else. And Klaus says, well, then you better find some vampires for Jeremy to kill before I'm tempted to offer you up and keep this one to yourself. And Stefan is like, you know what? That's fair. This I will keep to myself. Stefan's like, I'll, I'll take the note this time. This is a fair thing to ask me not to tell anyone. Of course, I don't know in what world he thought he could get away with not telling anyone because it's Jeremy, but hey, got to try. But this is more realistic. He just has to keep Jeremy in line, which given what he knows about Jeremy, seems easy. Yes. Jeremy shifted a little bit. Yes, things changed. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon runs into Stefan when Stefan's on his way out. And Damon asks where Stefan has been, to which he says out, and where he is going, to which he also says out. And Damon says, okay, well, I guess shady Stefan is back. <laughs> Don't tell me you're still working with Klaus. And Stefan's like, okay, uh, obviously you haven't heard, but me and Elena broke up. And Damon does a really good job keeping that smile down. Yeah, he does not break into cheers. He sits there and he's like, oh. He doesn't have the energy to be like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? But he doesn't smile. So it's a pretty big win overall, I think. It's a pretty good job. And then he distracts himself and Stefan being like, "Okay, I'll be quick. Apparently, if we want to find the cure, we have to find a vampire hunter who can kill enough vampires to reveal the map on the Merc. Unless we want Jeremy to go Connor 2.0, I suggest we find a different hunter. And Stefan says, "Okay." Stefan's like, I got my own thing going on. It's okay." Yeah. And Damon says, well, I was going to ask Professor Shane, but turns out he's shadier than you are because Matt Donovan connected him in the past through phone records. They were super chatted the day the council was blown up. And Stefan says, okay, I'm following. You're going to confront Shane, threaten him, possibly kill him. And Damon says, yeah. Want a tag team? Damon's like, want to hang out? (laughs) Feeling okay? And Stefan says, "Uh, you're on your own. Damon says, or, you know, like, if you want, we could like blow it off, get drunk, bond as brothers, you know, if you want some quality time. Yeah, trying to be supportive. I mean, it's not really the time, Damon. I don't think he really wants to look at your face right now. Well, and it's nice of Damon to try, but I think Damon knows like the last thing he wants to do is get drunk with me. But also to be fair, at this point, it's not confirmed that Damon is the reason that they broke up and Damon doesn't want to be presumptuous. He knows that's a possibility, But he knows there were other struggles they were having with or without Damon there. So he doesn't want to like put himself in a corner by going up to Elena and Miss Mystic Falls and being like, so I heard you want to date me now. And she's like, no. (laughs) It's nice to offer to hang out with Stefan because maybe Stefan would want it. You never know. And Stefan does his best to not be like, no, you fucking idiot. I don't want to hang out with you. Instead, he says, let's not pretend that this isn't the best day of your life. Then he leaves. Damon doesn't retort because he knows no good can come from a retort at this time. There's nothing he can say. Yeah, he's like, "Eh, well, I'm pretty happy. I'm not going to pretend. It's not a bad day. Things are good. (laughs) It's not the best day of my life yet. It will be tonight. I mean, tomorrow, I guess, but still. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go over to the Miss Mystic Falls setup where Elena and Caroline are talking. And Caroline says to Elena, look, you know me. You know I would never pick sides. Even though that's definitely what you would do in any situation. First of all, I would expect you to pick sides. And number two, you're about to pick a side immediately. She says, but are you sure this is what you want? Because Stefan is your soulmate. So I'm not picking sides, but Stefan's the right choice. Like, but objectively, Stefan's just a better option. (laughs) That's not me. Uh, Now, I would never say that. Some might. I would think they would be right. Everybody's saying Stefan's your soulmate. Not me, necessarily. 
Everybody. But I'm agreeing with them. I see their point. And Caroline says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm picking sides. And Elena says, look, it's not like I don't love Stefan anymore, but I can't deny that ever since I've turned, my feelings for Damon are more intense. And Caroline says, yeah, I know Stefan filled me in on all that. And Elena's like, he did? She said, now what the fuck? She said, since when do you two talk? Oh, all of a sudden I have to ship Staroline? <laughs> Elena says, is he okay? And Caroline says, no, he's heartbroken. <laughs> like, of course he's not okay. And Elena says, well, what was I supposed to do? Lie to him? And Caroline says, no, you weren't supposed to let Damon weasel your way into your confused newbie vampire heart. And she's like, well, I think we're past that. Like, well, that's what happened. Here we are. <laughs> and she says, and you know what? I am confused. I need to figure out what these feelings actually mean. And then Professor Shane approaches. And it's like, why the fuck are you here? Look, I'm sure that he had to be asked to be a judge for this, or at least approved. But man, it really seems like he's following the young girls. It really seems like he's picking the most predatory things to do in every situation. Teenage pageant judge. He said, you know, these college age girls are so feminist now. Say what you will about Ezra Fitz. He never judged a pageant. Say what you will about Ezra Fitz. He was so embarrassed that he was dating an underage girl. Yeah. The second time. The first time he wasn't that embarrassed. <laughs> well, the first time he didn't know she was underage, which is insane. But he should have been able to figure that out. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, at least he wasn't judging a pageant. I'm not saying Ezra Fitz was the perfect character. Yeah. Do I ship him with Aria? Yes. I'm not saying he was perfect, but Shane is making him look like a good call. Well, and it can't help but seem suspicious. It seems too connected to April Young. And I know he doesn't like at the time he signs up for this, know that they're kind of on the pasture young trail with him. But if he is indeed the suspect they think he is, you would think he would distance himself. And Bonnie's not even here. Yeah, he's at a university outside of Mystic Falls. He happens to travel through Mystic Falls with his traveling occult exhibit. Sure. Fine. And someone saw that occult exhibit and said, you know what this guy would be perfect for? Judging a pageant. Yeah. This guy who talks about an evil ancient warlock who's going to kill us all. They said, what are you doing next Saturday? He should judge which girl deserves a scholarship. He's giving her a scholarship, but only if she studies occult studies. It's a scholarship for occult studies and you do have to be my TA. And that means long hours in my office. But don't worry. I have a nice little bed set up on my couch. Big enough for two. If you don't want to walk back to your dorm. Because, you know, college boys are so immature at night. And, you know, we don't want you to be unsafe on college campuses. So if you're going to drink, I would prefer you drink with me, a professor. <laughs> I'm keeping you safe. He approaches and he says, hi, sorry, I'm lost. I'm here to interview contestants. Well, it's not where the crew is setting up the tables. Yeah. And you walked through the fucking building. You didn't see an interview set up. You're telling me Carol Lockwood wasn't greeting you at the door. Carol Lockwood greeted him and he's like, oh, let me look at the grounds. And then he wanted to go talk to two underage girls who he wouldn't interview. He's getting the bang for his buck. Yeah. He's like, I got to get every underage girl here. You guys aren't interviewing. I got to talk to you. He's like, I'm treating every event like I am on The Bachelor and all the contestants are underage girls. I got to give everyone time. So then he goes up and Elena says, oh, you're Professor Shane. And he says, yeah, professor by day, pageant judge by other day. Hold for laughs. He really does hold for laughs when he gives these lines, too. He loves to. He loves to do a little a wink. Like You get it? I'm not like other professors. That's why I get such high rate my professor reviews. And it's not because of the chili pepper alone. And he says, you know, in spite of being absurdly unqualified, apparently I'm awarding a scholarship. What do you mean? Apparently you don't know what the fucking job is before you got here. You just look incompetent. 
And Caroline says, uh, inside by the parlor. And he says, great, I'll follow the scent of hairspray and world domination. Hold for laughs. And then he leaves. It's like, okay. The whole time Caroline is like, <laughs> Caroline's fake laughing. Caroline said, no, ma'am. He is no Stefan. <laughs> he is no Klaus. He's, he's not, not even, even a Tyler. Tyler. Elena says, oh, he's the one who told Damon how to break the hunter's curse. And Caroline says he's also the one who has Bonnie so obsessed with practicing magic that she bailed on pageant prep, which makes sense because Bonnie didn't compete in Miss Mystic Falls. This does not seem like her kind of thing. Yeah, this doesn't seem like the kind of thing she'd want to do anyway. So she just had an excuse. But they just wanted to explain why they didn't want to pay her to be in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Elena says, and now he's judging Miss Mystic Falls, Jack of all trades or kind of creepy. Which do you think it is? The latter. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to ask if it's kind of creepy, it is kind of creepy. Yeah. But they've got other things to worry about. So they're not totally worried about Professor Shane at this time. Out in front of the Lockwood house, Matt and Jeremy are unloading like wine bottles, beer bottles, etc. And Matt says to Jeremy, oh, your sister is making me be her date. You think I'll have to do that weird dance thing? And Jeremy says, I think that's just the contestants. He's like, I know you've never been here because you're not a founding family member. That's true. Matt says to Jeremy, oh, I heard your April's escort. How'd that happen? And Jeremy says she needed a date and you were taken. Like she only knows two guys. Matt is suddenly so popular, but with only a couple girls. He's got his little fan club. I know anyone who is not into our main people, there's too much competition for the main people. So they're like, anyone who needs the new boy to be interested in, pick Matt. Pick Matt, maybe Jeremy. And then Matt tries to lift a keg, but he struggles with it. And he says, oh, you know what? Let's just take this first trip and we'll come back for the kegs. And then Jeremy says, actually, you want to see something cool? And then he lifts two kegs very easily. It's very sexy. A keg in each hand. I'm like, hello. Matt says, how'd you do that? That was so sexy. And Jeremy says, you know, ever since I was awoken as a hunter, I have all this energy all the time. And Matt says, I think you should probably talk to someone about this. I mean, we met Connor. Like a byproduct of all this energy and strength is that you want to kill vampires. And need I remind you that you live with one in your darling sister? Yeah, Matt continuing to be thinking. That little brain has been working this season. Yeah, he's been working overtime. He's he's making up for some of the dumbassery he's been giving. Jeremy says, I would never hurt my sister. I'll be fine. We'll see. Even when he says it, it's like, that seems like you wouldn't know. Yeah, they're playing like dramatic music. It's like, I think he's going to hurt his sister. She literally did stab him in the neck last episode. So yeah. it's a little iffy anyway. <laughs> then we go over to the Mystic Falls Hospital. Stefan comes in like a back door and he starts looking at people's charts. He finds the first person getting an appendectomy. He doesn't want to deal with that. Goes to the next guy. Quadruple bypass complications. He says no. He said no fatties. Too much work. He's like, I have to carry that person to the Lockwood cellar. I cannot carry that guy. (laughs) He goes down another hallway and he sees a cop is guarding a room. And he says, okay, now we're talking. I thought he was going to take the cop, to be completely honest. Alas. Stefan goes and compels the cop to take a break. And the cop's like, hell yeah. He said, don't tell me twice. He said, you didn't even need to compel me. Yeah, that cop's on for pain. <laughs> he decided to take a break. And so Stefan goes in and finds a guy handcuffed to the hospital bed. Never a good sign. <laughs> Stefan says, like, why is there a cop outside? And the guy's like, oh, thank you for asking. I am a convicted murderer. Like, OK, then why aren't you in the jail hospital? You're convicted. Stefan compels him and says, like, are you guilty? And the guy's like, yeah, of course I am. He says, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Big time. And Stefan says, do you have any regrets? And he says, only that I got caught. And Stefan's like, this is very clean and easy, very convenient. Morally, I don't have a problem with this. 
And so he feeds the guy some blood and snaps his neck. I thought he was just going to eat this guy. I thought he wanted to kill somebody, but no, he's, he's thinking ahead a little bit. Yeah. He's moving. Still on solid footing, even though he's had a rough couple days. Then we go back over to Miss Mystic Falls setup. Some volunteers are walking with flowers and she says, hey, the flowers go in the back based on the floral chart that you guys have plenty of time to memorize. And they're like all annoyed. And I know this is supposed to be like type A, whatever, but excuse her if we're being prepared. Well, she made a whole floral chart and they can't fucking read it. Yeah. Like she made your job easier. Like you just have to follow the fucking chart. That's not unrealistic. What's the confusion? Klaus approaches Caroline and says, how did I know I'd find you at the helm of this ship? And he like walks up. He's got his hands behind his back. He's like swinging. He's so happy. He is like, I'm going to go see my girl. And she says, go away. I'm busy. He says, well, I was wondering what time I should pick you up tomorrow. She says, how about a quarter to never? He says, come on. He said, you're so silly. He says, okay, (laughs) enough with the goofing. I was promised a date. In return for one of my hybrids. And she says, yeah, a date like a movie where we don't have to talk to each other and I can put three seats between us. And he said, that's not a very fun date. I don't really shine on that kind of date. I'm a wordsmith. He says, you know, surely the reigning Miss Mystic Falls won't be hosting the party alone. And I assume you're not going to be taking Tyler after his indiscretions with his lady werewolf friend. Caroline realizes that he's offering her a pretty fair deal here. And she says, fine. If you insist on coming, meet me here, 2 p.m., black tie optional, and I already have a dress, so don't even get me so much as a corsage. And he says, okay, see you tomorrow. He's like, I'm so excited. (laughs) And then we go over to, like, I don't know, an abandoned farm or something. It looks like Pastor Young's old farm, I assumed. Oh, it could be. We know it's abandoned. Yeah, because the guy's dead and it burned up, so they didn't get a new tenant. Haley is there with a hybrid. We later find out her name is Kim. Haley tells Kim to scream and let it all out. Kim is like constantly turning and Kim is pretty mad at Haley because she's making her turn. And she says, you know, this is easy for you to say you've never turned 20 times in a row. And Haley says, no, but I've watched it now, bitch. That's not the same fucking thing. Kim says, why does it have to be like this? Haley gives us a quick recap of the Cyberbond. She says, you're grateful to Klaus because he released you from the pain of having to turn every full moon. So you're going to keep turning until it doesn't hurt. And then you'll have nothing to be grateful for. Got it. And then Kim says to Haley, what is in this for you? And that's a fantastic question. Something Tyler should be asking. I believe that she helped Tyler. Yeah. But the fact that she's helping all these people, someone should be asking that. (laughs) It's like either you're so insanely up Tyler's ass, which she kind of is, or there's something deeper at play. But Tyler's not a thinker. Yeah, he's a little bit self-centered. He fancies himself the hero of this little B-plot, and he fancies Haley, his little sidekick. That is not the narrative she's creating. (laughs) He's the Tom Sandoval of (laughs) Vampire Diaries. Exactly. But Haley doesn't answer Kim's very fair question, and she says, I don't hear bones cracking. And then Tyler comes in, and he says, hey, Caroline brought us another day. Klaus wants to take her to Miss Mystic Falls. And Haley says, oh, so does that mean we're going? Haley's like, oh, so you're free for a date? Tyler says, yeah, I don't really feel like watching Klaus fawn over Caroline at some lame ass pageant, so no thanks. And Haley says, okay, first of all, we need to hide what's going on here by pretending I was the one that broke you two up, which is a flimsy argument at best because I don't think Klaus would notice. He wouldn't be like, Tyler and Haley aren't here. I bet they're unsiring all my hybrids. Yeah, but Haley wants to go to a party because she wants to date Tyler. Yeah, she wants to wear that little red dress. But she also brings up a more logical point that she says, isn't it at your house? 
Klaus would be like, why is Tyler not at home? Like maybe he's avoiding Caroline. I think that would set off more alarm bells. Yeah, Tyler should at least go. And she's like, if you're going, I'm going. Because I bought a dress. I was going to use it to steal you from Caroline, but now Caroline's got another date. So I'm set. And Kim is just like the audience in that she is hating this conversation. And she says, guys, like this isn't torture enough. Can you please take your conversation outside? She said, you guys got to go. She said, I'm not shipping you. I'll break my bones another 10 times if you will leave. And Tyler says, fine, we'll go to Miss Mystic Falls. And he tells Haley to wear a dress. And she smiles. She's beaming. Yeah, she's like, hoo-hoo. Got him now. It's only a matter of time. (laughs) Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is messing with her necklace. And Jeremy comes to the door of the room and is like, oh, hey, do you need a hand? And she says, oh, yeah, this clasp is really tricky. She's struggling with the clasp a lot, but it is a dream, so... (laughs) And so he comes up to help her with the necklace. And she says, you know, I picked up your clothes from the dry cleaners. They're on your door. And Jeremy says, you know, I really wish you'd stop acting like you were still my sister. And she's like, excuse me? And the music shifts. And then he starts choking her with the chain. And it starts to draw blood. And we saw Connor decapitate someone this way. But quickly, Jeremy wakes up. It was a dream. He seems very scared by the dream. And then he looks at his bed. In one hand, he's got a knife, and in another hand, he's got a steak, and there's a pile of steaks next to him. So he was whittling in his sleep. And the steak has, like, the logo of the five on it. So he literally was whittling a logo in his sleep. That's weird. That raises alarm bells. As it should. It's not just a normal nightmare, like maybe something else is going on. It's like, oh, no. This is magic. (laughs) Then the next morning, Matt and Jeremy are getting ready in Jeremy's room, and Matt has, you know, concerns about what Jeremy's told him about this nightmare. Matt says, how do you wake up with a knife in your hand and not remember how it got there? I'm guessing it's the hunter's mark messing with you. And Jeremy says, well, maybe, I don't know, what if I'm turning into a lurk? Like I died too many times with this ring and I'm developing an alter ego. A lurk had a lot of issues from the ring. He was not whittling in his sleep. Yeah. That's more suspicious. And when he had his alter ego, he wasn't remembering anything. And that's the other problem. But Matt also, in case he needs to prove it to Jeremy, he's got a file for backup, likely procured from Professor Shane. And Matt reads, newly awakened hunters may not be fully conscious of their actions. Their subconscious pushes through till the urge becomes a basic instinct. And then Matt says, you're not having a psychotic break. So you either tell Elena or I will. Yeah, Matt's like, we're not playing this game. We're not going to be keeping secrets about you wanting to kill your sister for a week, okay? This is getting out in the open. And Jeremy says, fine, I'll tell her when I see her. Unfortunately, he's not going to see her for quite a while. And then Jeremy gets a text from Stefan that says, meet in the Lockwood cellar. Don't tell anyone. Jeremy should be like, no, I'm going to tell someone. Matt says, well, you know, we should probably get going. Do you need a ride? And Jeremy says, no, you go ahead. I'll meet you there. Matt goes. Then we go over to the Miss Mystic Falls pageant. Elena and Caroline are with April upstairs. And April is showing two dresses, red and blue. Both Caroline and Elena say blue. And April says, really? The blue seems a little safe. Why are you asking them then? She cannot make a damn decision about anything in her life. She wants these people to be her friends so badly. And they're like, we don't have time for this. And Elena says, you know, safe is good when it comes to the judges. And Caroline says, she's right. Gracie Lockwood had a three foot slit her year and practically got laughed off the court. (laughs) Stan Gracie Lockwood. She tried her best. (laughs) She's like, I have no extracurricular qualifications 
What I do have? Legs. The luck with legs. Luck with legs as they were. Damon enters and says, ah, she got my vote. Okay, maybe let's not talk about the high school girls. Let's stick to the one high school girl, okay? Caroline throws something at Damon and says, get out, lurker. It looks like it's like a rose. (laughs) Yeah, she did what she had to do. He asks where Professor Shane is, and Caroline says, check the judge's table. She closes the door, or she tries to close the door. She's like, he's definitely not in the dressing room. Well, he might be. I know he would want to be. He's lurking around the dressing rooms. <laughs> Damon and Professor Shane came up at the same time and both said, she got my vote about Gracie Lockwood. Now, like, hey, hey, don't sexualize the high schoolers. <laughs> Damon opens the door, though, slowly, even though Caroline closed it on him and says red, definitely. And Caroline says, OK, we already agreed the red is a little bit too showy. Damon says, well, it's a pageant. That's kind of the whole point. Now he does have a point here. I do have to agree with Amir. And Caroline says, did you win Miss Mystic last year? No, I don't think you did. And now she also has a point. Yeah. And Damon says, neither did Elena. And she wore blue, a different blue. She wore like a more, more jewelry, purpley blue. Yes. Whereas April was going to wear kind of a sad blue, kind of like a hospital gown blue. It's like the garage band blue. That was just for the podcasters. I don't think that's a a recognizable enough thing. I also think of it as like Sally Mae blue. Yeah. It's like the blue everyone picks for their logo because it's the least offensive blue they can think of. Yeah. It's a little clinical. It's a little businessy. It's just, it's boring. I think red was the right pick, but I can also see how for like a philanthropy based pageant, red's risky. That is true. That is true. I think blue was the right call, but I think like a navy on her would have been. Oh yeah. Navy would look really good. Some jewel tone. It's a jewel tone. That's the, the key here. The jewel tones are always the winners. I mean, that's what both Caroline and Elena had jewel tones. And it should be noted that we see Caroline and Elena's dresses in this scene. They are not dressed as contestants. They both have mini dresses. They both look beautiful, but Elena just looks stunning in her little black dress. The fishtail is a choice that I'm not immediately obsessed with, but by the end of it, I do support it. I like a fishtail and Caroline looks so cute in her little gold bodycon mini and her little straight blowout. Her hair looks so pretty in this episode. They look beautiful. Anyway, Caroline says to Damon, nobody cares what you think. And April says, I care because she's so incredibly horny for any man. She's like, can anyone give me a smidge of attention? And they say, no, (laughs) not in this room, girly. And Damon says, see, April cares. Red, right, Elena? And Elena says, the red is pretty. And Caroline's like, excuse me. And Damon says, my work here is done. And he leaves. And Caroline says, um, what happened to 30 seconds ago when you hated the red one? And Elena's like, well, he made a good point. She says, what happened to safe is good. It's a pretty on the nose metaphor for Stefan and Damon. Yeah. But also it's a nice little hidden example of the sire bond that we don't get mentioned until later. Yeah, because once we hear about the siren, it's like, yeah, it is weird that she switched immediately. (laughs) And then Elena says, you know, whichever one you want to wear, April. And April's like, I don't fucking know. That's why I'm asking everyone and their mother for advice. She's like, I am afraid of having an opinion of my own. Someone pick it for me. And right now, majority says red. So is that what I'm doing? I really need you to tell me. (laughs) Elena leaves and Caroline's like, "Uh, what just happened? She's shook. And, you know, at first, a lot of this episode, it kind of seems like Caroline's being a little bit overdramatic. But one thing about Caroline, she may be overdramatic, but she always has a reason. Because I was watching this, and I was like, yeah, that's a little weird. But 
it was also like, we know Caroline isn't supportive of it. So anything like that is going to feel like a slight or like something that's weird. So it's kind of like, oh, she's just uncomfortable now that she knows that Elena has feelings for Damon. Now she's seeing the feelings manifest in like a new way. And she's like, why are you suddenly like picking Damon over everyone? That's how strong your feelings for this guy are suddenly. Like it's a reaction that makes sense just on the surface. And then it gets further and it's like, oh yeah, she is putting him above everything. Yeah. <laughs> Elena catches up to Damon and says, Damon, he is on the first floor and she is on the stairs. And it is very similar to season one, episode 19. We all remember it. It was kind of our first really big Delena moment of the show. I watched the YouTube video pretty frequently. And the placement is not lost on Damon or Elena right now. Yeah, they're both very aware of what is happening. Elena says, hey, we need to talk. And Damon says, Stefan told me about the breakup. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not. At least he's honest. And then she joins him at the bottom of the stairs and she says, what did Stefan say? Because she told Stefan, basically, I'm dumping you for Damon. And so she doesn't know if Damon knows that yet. Damon says, well, you know, Stefan, he just went on and on about it. Wouldn't shut up, which is funny. And Elena says, so he didn't tell you why. And Damon says, no, but I'm sure it has something to do with you acting weird. So why don't you tell me? And like, again, you can tell he kind of is like, it might be for me, but I don't want to make that assumption. But I do want to know if that's the case. And then all she says is you, you know, basically like, yeah, I dumped him for you. And they look at each other. The sparks are flying. It looks like there's about to be a kiss. And then who the fuck approaches but Shane? Of course. He's like, no, I'm the one kissing underage girls. Don't hog them. Don't hog the bitch in the lace. (laughs) And Shane says, oh, Damon Salvatore. Looks like we travel in the same circuit. Damon says, Professor Shane, just the guy I wanted to see. And then he goes with Professor Shane and leaves Elena. But he does like look at her and they share a quick look before he walks away. And she kind of smiles. She knows things are on a path. She's like, yeah, I'm going to have sex with him later. I was going to kiss him and I, and I will. I will. Then we go outside. Damon and Shane are talking. Damon says, you know, I'm in search of another hunter. Shane asks why. Damon says, You know, same reason anyone needs a hunter. Loneliness, drinking buddy, fourth for golf. And Shane says, I thought you already had a potential. And Damon says, yeah, but he ended up being a potential problem. And Shane says, there's nothing I can do to help you. And Damon says, "Okay, well, then help me with this. Why are you here? (laughs) Shane says, you know, you think too highly of me, Damon. I'm going to go find the other judges. And he tries to walk away because Professor Shane can tell he's being antagonized. (laughs) And Damon says, Oh, BTW, no pity votes for April Young just because her dad blew up a house with a dozen people in it. That doesn't mean she should get a tiara. But you knew the pastor, didn't you? I hear you guys racked up a really impressive phone bill. Shane said, I should have bought a burner phone. He said, man, you have access to phone records? He's like, so the sheriff likes you? That doesn't compute for me, buddy. Shane says, look, Damon, if you want to know something about me, just ask. And Damon says, "Okay, how'd you convince the pastor to kill all those people? And Shane says, well, well, I never, did you just accuse me of mass murder in the middle of a high school pageant? Can't help but notice you didn't answer the question. Yeah, he super did just accuse you of mass murder. You want to answer? You want to defend yourself at all? Luckily for Shane, because he's obviously spiraling under this pressure, because he, I think, really didn't think he was going to be found out this soon. Yeah, I think he thought that that secret was really locked up, especially with Connor dead. He's like, well, now no one knows anything about me. And then he's like, wait a second. It's like, wait, maybe I am coming across as kind of creepy. 
I have to maybe consider that possibility. But luckily for Shane, Carol gets on the mic. So saved by the mic. She says, welcome to this season's Miss Mystic Falls. We're so excited to showcase our most outstanding community leaders in the making. Everyone claps. Yay, Carol. Yeah, Carol looks very slay. As always. Then we go over to the Lockwood Cellar where Jeremy is showing up and says, what am I doing here? And Stefan says, getting the chance to make your sister human again. Are you interested? And Jeremy says, you have no idea. Yes, I am interested. Keep that energy, King. Yeah. Stefan says, actually, I do have an idea. And then Jeremy can't help but notice there's a guy chained up. And he says, who's that? Stefan says, it doesn't really matter. Uh, he's a vampire, almost, and you're a hunter. And then Stefan feeds him Jeremy's blood to complete the transition. This is a little bit of a iffy plot hole. We know that hunters can't be compelled. Yeah. We know that Jeremy has already killed a hybrid, making him already officially a hunter. So it's kind of touch and go whether this counts as human blood logically. But like Elena drank Connor's blood. We have to assume it if it's not vampire blood, like they could drink werewolf blood, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true because werewolves are like human except for when they turn. So I guess it counts as human blood. It's definitely like more iffy, but it's also like... Stefan didn't really want to get another human in the mix here. Yeah. And Stefan literally grabs Jeremy's hand and like slits his wrist. He's like, ow. He's like on a mission. He's a man on the move. And he does not heal Jeremy. (laughs) So he feeds the guy Jeremy's blood. Hands Jeremy a steak and says, okay. And Jeremy says, this is also I can stake him. And Stefan says, yes. Stefan didn't really give any time to like explain the plan, which he didn't really think he had to. He thought it was pretty straightforward. It is pretty straightforward. Stefan says, do you think I want to do this? I don't. But your sister isn't supposed to be a vampire and we need to help her. BTW also, he's a convicted murderer and he'll gladly kill again. So you don't have to feel bad about killing him. Yeah, he's like, trust me, I picked the right guy to do this to. I read the charts. There was a cop in his hospital room. You don't think I did my homework? You think I just got a random dude? I'm not Damon. (laughs) And Stefan gives the chain a little bit of slack. So the vampire kind of lunges at Jeremy a little bit. And Jeremy's like, what are you doing? And Stefan says, do it or I'll rip the chains off for real. And so then Jeremy stakes him one time and then he stakes him like two more times. So it's like a little bit. Yeah, because he stakes him and then he falls to the ground and then he stakes him in the back. I'm like, oh, maybe he missed the hat. Then he stakes him again. And Stefan's like, whoa, whoa, you you got him. And Stefan says, okay, he's dead. (laughs) Someone's like, okay, little much. This is when Stefan should be like, you know what? Let's just go to the pageant. (laughs) I I think it's time to move. We've done what we need to do today. Jeremy looks freaked out because he realized that he kind of aggressively stabbed. uh, What's it called? Overkill? Yeah, the overkill took him by surprise here. And as we know, overkill is an indicator of rage. Exactly. Against vampires, which is not what Jeremy is known for. And not what he exactly wants to have. Then we go over to Miss Mystic Falls. Caroline is bussing a table. She gives the empty glasses to the busser and says, why am I bussing your fucking tables? I said no empty glasses. It's so hard to find good help. She's not asking that much. She's just asking for them all to do their fucking jobs. I know. And then she goes to the band. She says, hey, pick up the tempo. This is a pageant, not a funeral. The band's like, sorry, we play a lot of funerals. That's all you guys have in this fucking town. We assume every event here is a funeral. It's all a funeral until proven otherwise. (laughs) And then Klaus approaches and says, and how am I doing? And she says, you look perfect. It's very beyond annoying. I can't even look at you. And they smile at each other. It's giving cute. It's a Claroline episode today. Mmm, yummy. Every time they come on screen, I'm like blushing. I'm giggling. (laughs) I love it. 
And then Klaus spots Tyler and Haley approach across the field. And he says, well, they didn't waste any time, did they? And Caroline looks at them. You know, she's kind of annoyed, but she's like, whatever. Obviously, she knows it's fake. And she says, you know, let's just get today over with. And so then we check over with Tyler and Haley. And Haley's doing the most tired pick me girl pageant bit where she's like, I can't believe I won. And then puts the tiara on. And she's like, (laughs) a girl who does this to make fun of pageant girls is just jealous that she didn't sign up for the pageant. That she could never win a pageant. She doesn't have the self-confidence to stand up there and actually be in a pageant. And also, not to be this person, but it's the fucking real crown. That's disrespectful. Yeah. Again, she's a pick-me girl. She thinks she's doing a bit, but really she's just insecure that she doesn't think she could win a pageant. Because you can be very beautiful, but you don't have the poise to win a pageant. Because pageants, as we know, are not always just about beauty. There's many things that go into it. Watch Miss Congeniality. It's a documentary about... (laughs) It's a fantastic documentary about the pageant world. Tyler says, hey, you don't want to mess with that tiara. Like, these girls are going to cut you. As they fucking should. Yeah, he's like, they have nails. He says, I have claws. We get it, you're a werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, and some of them have fucking teeth too, bitch. Yeah, so what? And you know what? The rest of them, they can walk in their heels. Unlike you. She was wobbling like a baby deer. They'll just push you over. They'll put a rock in your path and you're out. I thought a bitch who was walking on her toes had something to say. And then Caroline takes the stage and she says, hello, everyone. I'm Caroline Forbes, reigning Miss Mystic Falls. And it is my honor to present this year's court. Damon and Elena can't stop looking at each other. It's like you guys know this day is not about you, right? (laughs) They're like, um, but remember last time that day was all about us it's like no it was for you it's a new year caroline starts announcing the people and matt approaches elena and he's like hey have you seen jeremy and elena's like i don't know he's probably with the fucking escorts why are you asking me this (laughs) matt says i was supposed to wrangle the escorts and he's not here also btw did he tell you about the nightmares he's been having where he kills you this is smart to immediately make her concerned about jeremy Because he's like, clearly you haven't seen Jeremy, so clearly he didn't tell you. And I'm not going to let this secret sit, okay? We're getting this out right now. And Elena says, look, I'll find him, but April's about to get abandoned up there. And Matt says, oh, I got this. Caroline says, finally, a last-minute entry. April Young, accompanied by Jeremy Gilbert. And both Caroline and April like realize Jeremy's not there, but pretty quickly Matt approaches. He gets up, he puts out his hand and makes like kind of a smirky face that doesn't quite get to sexy, but it works for April. Soft, soft target. Yeah, they're trying to set up the Delena parallel kind of, but it doesn't quite work the same. It doesn't have the same tension because Matt just doesn't have the same sexiness. And this made me remember something that I don't remember if you know. The actor who plays Matt originally auditioned for Damon. Hmm. And when he came in, Kevin Williamson was like, why are you here for this role? (laughs) That's got to hurt. I mean, it all worked out for him, so he's fine. And you can see why. It's like he would not be able to play Damon. Yeah. And then they all line up for the dance. Matt tells April to lead. Because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And Matt also says like, oh, Jeremy's running late. She says, I guess you'll do. She's like so happy. She's like, I got my first choice suddenly. She's like, I'd rather have you than Jeremy. Sorry to Rebecca, but you don't seem to be here. In April's wildest dream, she's in a love triangle with Jeremy and Matt, and they have no idea they're in this love triangle. They all start to dance. It's the same dance they did last year. It's, you know, whatever. They put their hands, simple intimacy of the near touch. We get it. 
Damon and Elena just keep looking at each other the whole time. They're like, remember this? Man, this was sexy when we did it. No one is oozing sex appeal the way we were. I half expected them to get up and start doing the dance. I really was concerned they were going to do that and take this moment away from these girls. I really thought it might happen. But they don't. They just stare at each other. But also then Elena's kind of like freaked. She walks away. She takes her phone out. And Caroline approaches Elena as Elena's making a call. And Caroline's like, hey, what's with the last minute escort change? Like, where is Jeremy? And Elena's like, oh, he's not picking up his phone. And Damon approaches. He's like, hey, do the math. Emo teen, open bar. It's fine. And Elena says, Matt says Jeremy's been having nightmares about killing vampires. Not vampires. You. Be a little more specific, queen. She says, and he's been hiding it from me. And Damon says, relax. I'm sure he's fine. And Elena says, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. And Damon says, if I'm not worried, you shouldn't be worried. Let it go. I'll go look for him. She says, okay. Now, Damon is just trying to throw her off the scent, really, because he has a suspicion that Stefan is doing something. Yeah. Which is correct. But it is crazy that she's just like, okay, I guess I won't worry about my brother. If Elena's going to do one thing, it's worry about her brother. So Damon walks away and Caroline immediately is like, oh, you can go home. I'll ask around here. And Elena says, you know, maybe Damon's right. Maybe he grabbed a bottle from the bar and snuck off to the woods. Number one, it's crazy that she just totally went with Damon saying he's okay, which there's reason for. But also just like not even on brand for season four, Jeremy. Yeah. Like in season one, sure. Like he would have just not come, but he wouldn't have like gone and hid in the woods and got drunk. Yeah. Or he would just have a drink while he's here. Yeah. Like he can take alcohol in front of these people. They don't care. It's so interesting because it's like, obviously she's got other things at play convincing her of this, but it's just like such a misread for Jeremy's behavior lately. Like Jeremy wouldn't just go take a bottle of alcohol and go in the woods. You know, would you that? Stefan? Yeah. And Caroline says, um, no, Damon is never right. He's sneaky, manipulative, and rude, but never right. How can you not see that? And Elena says, well, you know, I don't know, but why do I think you won't hesitate to tell me? Because she won't. She's a good friend. Yeah, Karen says, fine. Friendtervention. I think your so-called feelings for Damon are starting to cloud your judgment, and I don't like it. And the thought of you two together makes me want to birth. It's a little harsh. Now, it's a little fur. But she is right that her feelings for Damon, as they stand right now, are clouding her judgment or at least making her like not look at every aspect of things. Yes, exactly. Like that's not an unfair read. Yes. And we have to remember, Caroline has a complicated relationship with Damon that Elena could be a little kinder to unpack, because if you'll remember, Damon abused Caroline for quite a while. And, you know, Caroline's obviously over that. She's strong. She's tough. But. Elena's like, why do you hate Damon so much, girl? Like, it's not crazy that people would not like Damon that much. Like, he's not the most likable person. And she used to understand that, but she's having a harder time now because of the sire bond. (laughs) And because she has feelings for him. Who knows how tied to the sire bond they are? We'll have to see. (laughs) We'll just have to see. Well, it's like Tyler with the sire bond. Like, he wasn't always like, Klaus is the best person ever. But he is like, well, Klaus does make good points, though. I think Klaus would know better about this than you would. Yeah. And Klaus approaches in the middle of this fight and says like, hey, easy love. You're making a scene. He's obsessed with being here. He's like calming her down. He's like, you're my girlfriend. I need to protect you. Elena says, wow, Caroline, thank you very much for making this very difficult time so much easier and walks away. Oh, my God. You're not the only person who has ever gone through something like this. Also, she's going through a traumatic time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
But the love triangle is not the traumatic thing. So I'm sorry. If you want sympathy from me, you'll get it for dealing with not being able to drink from a bloodbath. You'll get it for dealing with being a vampire. You'll get it for dealing with survivor's guilt. You're not going to get it for wanting to fuck two brothers. Yeah. That's not something you get to blame on being a vampire. It's not just the vampire thing. Like, clearly you like Damon, but you need to, like, reevaluate your feelings and think about them critically. Mm -hmm. Elena walks away and Caroline's like, how did I become the bad guy? And Klaus says, here's my in. He says, you know what? Let's get you a drink. I'll tell you all about being the bad guy. He's like, we are going to flirt today. He's so slay. And then we go upstairs. Damon is on the phone with Stefan. And he says, hey, please don't tell me you've roped Jeremy into a world of crazy. And Stefan says, well, I had no choice. So you did. (laughs) (laughs) He says, Elena needs the cure. And Damon says, oh, so you can turn her back into the girl who's still in love with you. And Stefan says, I get why you wouldn't want to believe it, Damon, but she isn't herself anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lot to unpack there. I do think, you know, some of the concerns that Stefan has, like, oh, she's not herself. Like some of the things are things that Elena has like put under the surface, like being kind of fun and frivolous is something she hasn't been able to be since her parents died. And Damon brings that out of her. And that's like something that he did even before the sire bond was at play. Yeah, there is a level of like, yes, she's changing. And yes, some of it is the sire bond, but not all of it. Mm -hmm. Like you do shift as a vampire. You're not going to completely change in the way that they're like starting to see her do. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not all the sire bond's fault. It's also like not even just changing as a vampire, but Elena's been through quite a number of traumas in the past year. You have to remember since the first Miss Mystic Falls and now, This has been a year of her life. Yeah. A lot has happened since then. Whether or not she become a vampire, she changed as a person too, since we met her in the pilot. The vampire thing is exacerbating some of those things, but she's changing and growing as a person, as a vampire, and the sire bond certainly doesn't help. (laughs) Yeah, it's certainly complicating more facets of it, but it doesn't mean she would have stayed exactly the same forever without it. But, you know, Stefan is also right that she isn't herself anymore. And Damon is much more ready to believe that all of these changes are for the best. Because it's exactly what he recommended. It's exactly what he recommended. And it's pushing her to him. So he's like, it's all good. And it's like some of these changes actually are bad for her. It is bad for her that she has to drink straight from the vein. She's not enjoying that. Damon says, oh, you know, of course you would think that. Leave it alone. And then Stefan hangs up on Damon because he sees Jeremy looking pretty ominous. Jeremy watches his Merc grow. Stefan says, hey, how far did the Merc grow? Show me on the drawing. And Jeremy says, I'm sorry, Stefan. I can't trust you. I'm not going to answer that. And Stefan, you should go right now. Stefan tries to compel him. He's like, show me where the Merc is. And then Jeremy stakes him in the stomach and says, guess I can't be compelled anymore. And then leaves. That's got to be fun. Yeah, which Stefan knew that he couldn't be compelled anymore. But he probably just kind of forgot because it was very on the back burner of things he was thinking about. He's got a one-track mind right now, and that's Cure Elena. Then we go back over to Miss Mystic Falls. Caroline and Klaus are walking along the lake. Klaus has two champagne flutes and a bottle. He's ready. I want him. He knows how to charm (laughs) a lady. Caroline is venting. She's like, you know, as her best friend, Elena's best friend, it is my duty to warn her when she's making a giant mistake, right? And now she's taking Damon's side on everything. And Klaus says, so being a vampire has changed her. And Caroline says, yeah, but being a vampire only amplifies who you already are. It doesn't turn you into a completely different person. And Klaus says, very peculiar. 
She says, what's that look for? And he says, it'll all make sense eventually. And when he says that, it's kind of like, oh, he sees their true love. Yeah, I was like, he sees their true love or he understands like, you know, maybe you lean into more of the predator aspect of being a vampire. Like, because that's what he did. Like, you know, maybe there's a lot of like explanations for it. But no, he's like, I know a sire bomb when I see it. And she says, whatever, just like hurry up and find the cure. He says, I'm working on it. They sit on a bench and he opens the champagne and they're playing a string quartet song in the background. I don't know if you caught what song it was. I couldn't quite place it, but it was giving Bridgerton that it was like a song I should recognize. It's falling slowly from once. Love. Can't help but read into that. (laughs) I couldn't place the song, but that I just got butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline says to Klaus, would you ever take it? And Klaus says, why would I want to cure myself of being the most powerful creature on the planet? And she says, there's not one single moment in your life you wanted to be human. He pops the champagne, doesn't answer the question. And he says, how about you? And then across the lawn, Tyler spots them drinking champagne and laughing. And oh, there's like steam coming out of his ears. He's seething. Because most of the time when he's seen like Caroline go distract Klaus or go talk to Klaus, like it's very much like, oh, she's talking, but she's kind of like, there's an arm's length situation. Caroline seems to be leaning into it more today. Like she's enjoying her time with Klaus today. And she usually like antagonizes him. But now it's like, what are they laughing about? What's so fucking funny? Why do you guys look like you're having so much fun? Tyler eavesdrops on some of this conversation. And Klaus says, life used to be a lot easier. Don't you miss the days of being? And he pulls out a piece of paper. I screamed. He says, chair of the Mystic Falls Beautification Committee and director of the policeman's yearly raffle. She's like, is that my Miss Mystic application? Where the fuck did you get that? He quotes her application. When I am chosen, I intend to redefine excellence. And he says, I'm really enjoying your use of when here. It's very confident. She's so queening. And then he continues to quote, above all, I promise you, aspire, inspire, and perspire. He says, obviously, we found a shortage of words ending inspire. <laughs> they are laughing. She says, oh, my God, it's hilarious. Whatever. And she like, pretend she's annoyed, but then she laughs. He laughs. Tyler is screaming. He's like, wait, what? This isn't the way I wanted this to go. Tyler says, if you're going to cheat on me with anyone, not Klaus. Please, anyone but Klaus. It's like, you can cheat on me with Damon. It's okay. (laughs) While Tyler is watching this, Damon spots that Shane is sitting with Haley. And so Damon goes up to Tyler and says, hey, how do they know each other? And Tyler says, they don't. Paranoid much? It's like, you're not thinking about it enough, Tyler. In a way, it is like they're talking to each other publicly. So that's like too obvious. It's like weird that if they knew each other, that they would be talking to each other. And it's not that weird that like Shane would be talking to one of the young girls here. Yeah, that's kind of his gig. But it's definitely like something to keep an eye on. I mean, I think they're more aware of it because they're like, where the fuck did Haley come from? Whereas Tyler's like, I know Haley. She helped me like she happened to come here. Yeah, she just she felt like she had to come to Miss Mystic Falls. And Damon says, you know, the council just got burned to a crisp. A mysterious hunter blew through town. And this guy happens to know everything about everything. So, yes, I'm paranoid. It can't hurt to be paranoid because sometimes you're right. Then we go upstairs in the Lockwood house. Jeremy starts gearing up with some weapons and armor under his suit. And then he goes out and joins the crowd. He seems to be a man on a mission, but he is stopped by who else? April Young. And she says, hey, where have you been? And he says, oh, I got stuck at work. Everyone in town is here. Like, you're wearing a fucking suit. You were at work? And obviously this lie would fall apart if anyone asked Matt. 
because Matt was with him for this, but you know, Matt's not there. <laughs> yeah. And Jeremy's just trying to get to kill some vampires and April doesn't question anything. <laughs> and then she says, you know, if you were too chicken to do the dance, then you should have just told me. And he says, I knew the dance. I watched the lesson online like a hundred times. First of all, it's like three, eight counts. But she says, oh, my God, you did. She's so flattered. And Jeremy then spots Shane and he says, hey, what's he doing here? And she says, oh, he's a judge. I talked to him about my dad. And he said he never seemed depressed or suicidal or anything. Like, that is the only question she can ask. It's like, do you think my dad was suicidal? And they're like, no. And she's like, great, that proves it. It's like, it doesn't. So you have to imagine during her Miss Mystic Falls interview, they were like, do you have any questions for the panel? And she says, I have one for Professor Shane. Did my dad seem suicidal? Yeah. The panel's like, give her the crown. And the panel's like, I love a girl with moxie. <laughs> and then Jeremy's kind of like staring into space. He sees Elena and he's like glaring at her. He's like, I got to kill that bitch. <laughs> and April's like, what are you looking at? And he says, your dad was doing the right this town. The whole council was. They died heroes. And she's like, okay, well, now I have more questions than I did. She's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So did he kill himself? <laughs> Do you know? Then inside... Damon approaches Shane. Shane says, oh, you again. I must be the least intimidating mass murderer ever. You are. Yup. And Damon says, you never gave me a name and it's kind of urgent. And Shane says, there is no other name. At any given moment, there are five hunters in existence. Most of them have no idea who they are or what their purpose is, which means finding more than one in a lifetime is next to impossible. And that does make sense. There's only five worldwide and if you have a tattoo that no one else can see but you and you never run into vampires, like it's just not going to happen. You can see the tattoo and it's like, that's weird. But if you never run into a vampire, it never grows. And then Shane goes to leave and Damon does this quick vampire run to stop him. And Shane says, oh, subtle. Damon says, yeah, like you didn't already know. <laughs> Damon's like, obviously, you already knew I'm a vampire. Like, why would I hide that from you at this point? I'm not dumb. I know that you study this stuff so i'm sure you've come across the name salvatore before and like not for nothing it's pretty obvious i'm a fucking vampire look at my haircut okay did you see my big gaudy ring vampire behavior and he says you have five seconds to give me another name or you die shane for all of his faults he gets down to business here he says, look, you know, it's generally unwise for a vampire to seek out a hunter, which means you're probably interested in the Merc, probably because of where it leads. But here's the thing. Even if you complete the Merc and get the map, the thing that you're looking for is sealed with a spell only a certain kind of witch can perform. And Damon says, what kind of witch? And Shane says, come on, you can figure it out. Damon says, God, a Bennett witch. It's like a fucking Bonnie again. It's always Bonnie. So that means that Shane was really seeking out a Bennett witch. And we know Shane is looking for where this Merc leads. Mm -hmm. Any new theories on why Shane wants the cure? I'm still not sure why he wants the cure, but I will say what I think this means. So obviously, since it's a Bennett witch that you need to undo it, we can assume the witch that did it was a Bennett witch, which is why he was probably hunting down Sheila first, keeping her in mind when he came across a hunter. I also think, and this is getting a little ahead of itself, but we know the spell needs unsired hybrids. So I'm thinking some sacrifices uh, are in the mix. How do we know the spell needs that? Well, I assumed that because of Haley helping him unsire the hybrids. Okay, that's a fair assumption. But all that to say, like, I don't know why he wants the cure, but I feel like he's setting up the tools to get to the spell part of it. Like he's building up the spell section because he assumed he had the map coming. Now he does need to find the map. 
but he knows there's a potential in town. So he knows it's still possible. He knows that he has access to a map if he can get someone in this group to work with him. But he knows they don't have the capability to access what he has, which is Bonnie's trust and Bonnie's magic. And his knowledge of what the spell entails. Like even with the magic, you still need to understand what the spell is, how the spell functions. Exactly. And Shane says, yeah, there aren't too many Bennett witches lying around, as I'm sure you know. Since he turned one of them into a vampire. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, so none of this really matters until Bonnie's back in touch with her magic. And between the two of us, who do you think she trusts to help her get there? And now, yes, at this current point, she does trust Shane more with that because he has knowledge of magic. I do think this is something Damon could get her trust on because even though she's not like team Damon in any case, like they do have a longer history of knowing each other. Like there is a little bit more of like connection there that could shift. I think Shane's a little more confident that that won't shift. Well, but here's the problem is like trust is just one part of it. Obviously trust is like, she might be able to switch her trust to Damon, but whether or not she can switch her trust, she is convinced right now. And that's partly because Shane is telling her this, but there's not really another witch that can lead her away from this, that she can't use traditional magic, that she has to use this type of magic that Shane is teaching her. And no one else has any clue how to do that. So even if she trusts Damon more than Shane, there's the magic element of it that Shane appears to be the only person that can help her. And so Shane realizes he's won this conversation pretty handily. And he says, five seconds are up unless you just realize you need me alive. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go before you change your mind. He's like, so now if you'll excuse me, I have a scholarship to award. And I'm going to award it with a conflict of interest, just fully ignored. (laughs) And then we go outside to the stage. And Carol Lockwood says, now the moment you've been waiting for. Caroline, would you do the honors? And Caroline has the envelope. Elena walks up next to her with the sash and the crown. And Caroline says, this year's Miss Mystic Falls is April Young. Everyone applauds. It's very exciting. They said we didn't give it to the girl with dead parents last year, so we do have to do it this year. Yeah. We can't (laughs) give it to everyone who has a dead parent because that's just too many people in this town. But we got to do it every once in a while. And then Elena spots Jeremy like stalking through the crowd, which also Matt spots. And she's also like, oh, there's Jeremy finally. So she follows him inside. Jeremy is upstairs. He cuts his hand with one of his stakes. And Elena says, hey, where have you been? Also, what are you doing with that? And he says, Connor was right. All I can think about is killing vampires. And Elena says, you're nothing like Connor. And Jeremy says, you know, I want to believe that. And I know I don't want to hurt you. But everything inside of me is telling me to drive this stake through your heart. And Elena, let's go. Yeah. And Elena says, why would you say that? It's me. He says, yeah, and you're a vampire. This does give some insight into why Connor, like despite Jeremy continually like not working with him, he still kept teaching him how to do stuff because he's like, no, you'll come around. Yeah, I promise you'll come around. (laughs) It's not really up to you. (laughs) Elena says, I'm also your sister. I would never do anything to hurt you. And then Jeremy shows her the blood on his hand and her veins appear. She's like, well, I didn't mean that. She's like, well, that... I wasn't mentally prepared. You backed me into a corner on that one. You tricked me. And Jeremy says, no. And Elena says, okay, get it away from me. He grabs her, but she pushes him to the ground. And when she should run away, instead, she like goes to check up on him because he looks passed out. Now, this is the easiest fake out in the book. (laughs) Yeah, he just closed his eyes. He wakes up and stabs her in the neck, just like she did to him last episode. So fair enough. Let's even it out. And then he has another stake ready to kill her. But Matt comes in. He's like, hey, Jeremy. 
Matt's like, I told you. Jeremy says, go away. And Matt says, no, you don't want to do this. That's your sister. Look at me. I'm a human and I'm telling you not to hurt her. This doesn't seem to be enough to convince Jeremy. Luckily, Stefan also appears, pushes Jeremy into the wall and then says, hey, Matt, get him out of here. Matt does. And then Stefan takes the stake out of Elena's neck. And for a second, they kind of gaze at each other and it looks a little romantic for a minute. Yeah, he's like holding her face. She's looking like she's into it a little bit. I thought like maybe they might kiss, but no. And then we go outside. Haley and Tyler are having champagne on the steps. Boo! Enough of you two. Haley says, your mom parties harder than you do. Does she have the gene? And he says, no, dad. What about your parents? And she says, I never met them. My adoptive parents found out about my werewolf gene when I did, which is when I turned and tore apart the living room. So they kicked me out. That's hysterical that she turned into a wolf and tore up the living room. They're like, no, you're homeless now. To get out of here. No daughter of mine will be a werewolf. I would be like, oh, what? <laughs> also, because I'd be like, did someone break in the house? Like, I wouldn't assume it was my daughter. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, oh, my living room is ruined. Did you turn into a wolf? This must be your fault. Get out. <laughs> and then Tyler says, you never told me how it triggered. And she says it was a boating accident that they were all drunk and she thought she wasn't. So this is some insight into Haley. She is adopted. She's never met her parents. And she triggered her werewolf gene in a boating accident. And then Tyler tries to subtly segue into the question he wants to ask. And he does an okay job. It's a little clunky, but he does his best. Yeah, he's not the best at it, but it, you know, she's not aware of him being manipulative. She's got so many hard eyes around him. She doesn't realize he's trying to trick her. He says, so what's with you chatting up all these old timers? My mom, that professor. And she's like, that professor's like 30 and he's very hot and smart. Yeah, she's like, he's not really old. And then Tyler like quickly peeks at Klaus and Caroline still having fun. But then he gets back to the task at hand. He says, do you know him or something? And she says, no, I just met him. Why? Why would you ask me that? And Tyler says, oh, no reason, because he doesn't want to dig in. He doesn't want to be suspicious. And then he starts to eavesdrop on Klaus and Caroline. And Klaus says, you know, I never answered your question. If I ever thought about being human. Once I was on a trek in the Andes and a hummingbird flew up to me, hovered, staring at me, tiny heart pattering. And I thought, what a thing to have to work that hard every day to stay alive, constantly on the verge of death. And how satisfying it must be every day to survive. And that was the only time I ever thought about being human. This clearly like charms Caroline a bit. That's a cute little hummingbird story. Charms the audience. And then we go back over to see Tyler. And Haley's like, what's he saying? And Tyler's like, a bunch of BS about being human. He's like, I hate it. Tyler's like, oh, a hummingbird. Oh, really? He's like, I have never seen a hummingbird up close in my life. Hummingbirds are terrified of me. <laughs> And then Tyler says, the sooner we get rid of this guy, the better. And then out front, Elena is running to find Jeremy and Stefan runs after her. And she's like, I have to find Jeremy. This shouldn't be happening. And Stefan says, uh, cards on the table. It is my fault. It's good that he leads with this. I mean, on one level, it's kind of like, why bother telling her? But on another level, it's like, it's only a matter of time before Jeremy says, yes, yeah, Stefan called me to the Lockwood cellar to kill a guy. Yeah. And if you don't tell her, then it's just going to turn into a whole thing. And Stefan didn't know that this was going to happen. He was just trying to be helpful and get the cure for Elena. Because up until now, she's been wanting that cure. He says, I do think I've figured out that when a hunter kills a vampire, 
the urge to kill gets stronger and stronger. And Elena says, please tell me Jeremy hasn't been with you this entire time. Tell me you haven't been making him kill vampires. And Stefan's like, it was only one, if that helps. Stefan says, in my defense, we do need the map to get the cure. (laughs) And she says, you know what? If getting my humanity back means stripping Jeremy of his, then I don't want the cure. Stefan says, he's the only way to fix all this. And also, I feel like Stefan should add, you know, Jeremy was pretty enthusiastically on board this morning. So he wasn't doing this in a vacuum. I didn't force him. Like, Jeremy wants you to have the cure, too. He cares about you. And he doesn't want to want to kill you. And she says, you mean me? This is the only way to fix me. Which kind of is from his side, you know. That is what he's thinking. He wants her to go back to the old Elena. Which is, you know, fraught. But he's not ready to give that up yet. He's in denial. She's been in denial plenty of times. Yeah, she's been in denial this whole fucking season. So So, it's fair enough. She says, you know, you don't have to love me like this. This is who I am now. The old Elena died when she went off the bridge. Let her go. And then Damon approaches. And it's like, not now. Damon, stay inside. Let them end this conversation on their own. She'll find you later, I promise you. Yeah. But Stefan sees the Damon series like, okay. And then he leaves. Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Jeremy is packing himself a bag. And Matt's like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, I can't keep living here if I want to kill my sister. And Matt says, you know, Elena knows that. That's why she moved out and asked me to move in. I'm not one of them. I'm human. I'll keep an eye on you and we can keep this hunter business in check. And Jeremy says, where's Elena going to go? And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena, (laughs) you got to stop. I'm begging you. You got to go to someone else's house. This is not the place. I know Caroline's mad at her right now, but Caroline would absolutely let her sleep over if it meant the other option was the Salvatore house. Go to Bonnie's. Go stay at Matt's house. Elena, this is a horrible call, which I'm watching this and I'm like, this does not seem like something Elena would do to Stefan. Yeah, it seems like insanely insensitive in a way that Elena would not have the balls to be. That she would be like, I don't want to be like Catherine because this is giving Catherine. Yes. And, you know, she goes up, she has a bag. Damon's opened the door. Stefan's also there. She says, I can't stay at home anymore. They both understand. Stefan tells her to pick a room and he says, I'll crash somewhere else. He volunteers a lot of this. But still, like, even though she didn't tell him to leave, showing up on the doorstep is basically being like, get out of here so I can have sex with your brother right now. Or at best, like, even if she doesn't want to have sex with Damon right now, like, to go to the house that they both live in when she has said, I am breaking up with you for him and I'm going to live with the two of you. No, that is insane. And I know that Damon's like, hell yeah, but it's like, boy, even you should be like, maybe you should stay with Caroline. Yeah, even Damon should be like, that's a little much. Because it ends up being a lot of shuffling because where does Stefan go? To Caroline's house. (laughs) Really quickly, we go and focus on our B and C plots. We go over to the burn. Kim says, tell me it's over, Ty. I don't think I can do this anymore. Sounds like you're still in pain. Yeah, it sounds like it's not over, but that's me. (laughs) Yeah, but Tyler says, it is over. Nice work. We're one step closer to ending this. And then he texts Haley. Hey, girly. Kim broke the sire bond. Where are you? And then we go over to, we don't know it at first, but it's Shane's office. We see Haley get the text and she says, we got another one. And Shane says, good, we're almost ready. And I was watching her get this text and I was like, she is not at Shane's office. (laughs) Not Shane. So what do you think is happening with Haley and Shane? Do you think they're like hooking up? Do you think Shane has promised something to her? 
there's probably some promise to her, like maybe some werewolf cure, because like she doesn't have the benefit of not turning every full moon, you know? I think that has to be one big reason that she would do something like this because she's made a big fucking deal about loyalty to her pack. This doesn't seem like loyalty. Because I understand that she would want them all unsired. I get why she would want to fight for that. Like, it's weird that she had hunted down these hybrids to help them, but I get why she would want that for people. Mm -hmm. To be doing it for someone else, like, I don't have a high opinion of her at this current moment. Yeah. But that doesn't seem like her. Like, it seems like she's more focused on pack loyalty or maybe there's some, like, way that the cure would cure the vampire part so then they would all just be werewolves again and maybe she wants that to kind of keep the werewolf line strong or something i don't know sure but here's the thing is like what does unsiring them help with whatever shane's planning yeah i think a lot of it has to be to separate them from what klaus wants because it seems that you know tyler is fighting this so he's free from klaus and they're all free from klaus but they can't kill klaus because he turned all of them yeah so that's not really productive for them to do It may also be now, I don't know so much that Haley would be on this, but I think there's a potential that they need to be unsired so that Shane can sire them himself. How would Shane as a human or what we know him to be a human at this point, how would he sire them? Get a witch to do it for him or something. But sire bonds seem to be, you know, connected by blood. I'm just saying that's a potential. And so you think he, you mentioned this earlier in the episode, that you think he needs unsired hybrids for whatever spell he's working on with Bonnie. Yeah. Either as a sacrifice or maybe some like hybrid characteristic is important. Maybe to take power away from Klaus for being like the one true hybrid. Okay. And maybe shifting that power because there are now other hybrids that are not connected to him necessarily besides the turning some thoughts sure a lot of thoughts and then she says i want to leave tyler out of this when it all goes down and he says we'll talk when you've broken the last one yeah he says no i'm not promising shit he says there aren't that many hybrids sweetie i I do need them yeah and you just got one killed a couple weeks ago yeah so that's on you maybe we could have saved tyler if you had chris (laughs) if chris and nate made it through this then yeah and then we go over to the salvatore house Damon gives Elena a drink and she takes a drink and he's like, oh, I was just being polite. I thought you hated whiskey. And she says, my brother wants to kill me. And also Damon gave her the whiskey. So she has to drink it because she's tired. <laughs> it is weird because she like she's not even like thinking about it. She like takes the whiskey and like takes a sip like she's a whiskey girl now. Yeah, it is like that's weird. That doesn't really seem like Elena, but OK, like she's had a, a rough time. Yeah, she says, my brother wants to kill me. Damon says, welcome to the club. Very different situations you two are in with your brothers, Damon. Your brother is annoyed at you, but he doesn't want to kill you. Yeah. They cheers. They drink. Elena says, Jeremy can't live with me. Stefan wants to fix me. And Caroline flat out admitted she doesn't like me this way. That's not really what she said. You took that a little personally. She said that you're siding with Damon too much. Which you are. Yeah. She says, I think it's safe to say I'm not great at the vampire thing. And he says, you want to know what I think? I don't think I've ever seen you more alive. She says, thank you. Your opinion is literally the only one that matters to me. (laughs) She says, you know, that dance they did today reminded me of. And he says, when we dance together. Yeah, no, duh. 
Like, of course it did. It was the same fucking dance at the same fucking pageant that you did the dance at. Yeah, it reminded you of it. <laughs> Come on. Like, I'm a Delena girl, but I was watching the scene. I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, Elena is like, I want to dance with you right now. I want to kiss you. I want to have sex with you. I got to get my moves moving. She's like, Stefan's out of the house. We don't have this opportunity that much. She says, you know, I wanted to dance with you today. And then he puts his hand out and he takes her hand. She takes his hand, whatever. And they start slow dancing in the house itself. We can assume it is silent, but to our ears, the beautiful sounds of Ed Sheeran's Kiss Me plays. And it sounds like any other Ed Sheeran song. (laughs) Damon says, Alexa, play my playlist. If Elena ever comes over for a romantic evening. (laughs) It's romantic. And then we go over to the Forbes house where Stefan is with Caroline. Steriline girlies. We're getting a treat. You got the Delana girlies and the Steriline girlies. Yeah, Delana girlies we are eating tonight. Let's say it. Let's say that. Mmm, yummy. And Steriline girls, you get a snack, but Claroline girls are the ones eating. Yeah. Oh, Claroline girls are feasting tonight. Mmm, yummy. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them. Good for me. They deserve it. I'm well, I'm also a Claroline girly. Yeah, but you're more Steriline girly. Well, I have my reasonings for that, but I can't talk about that until later. I can't talk about that at this time. <laughs> Stefan pours shots for him and Caroline, and he says, you know, Elena's right. I just need to let it go. And she says, no, you're right. <laughs> she says, you're never wrong, King. <laughs> she says, it's not pretty or easy, but you can't give up on her. And he says, Caroline, she looked me in the eye and told me to move on. He said, Caroline, I get it, but I really do think it's over. <laughs> Stefan says, Caroline, I really thank you for shipping us. But I think you've been in the trenches long enough that you have to move on. Yeah, he's like, I think, you know, we're staying down here now. Like, this is where we are. Stelena is in the trenches. Caroline says she's lost. You and her, epic. Her and Damon, yeah! <laughs> she says there's something wrong with her. And she says, you know, promise me you won't stop looking for the cure. And Stefan says, Klaus won't let me even if I want to. <laughs> and Caroline says, what does he care? He doesn't even want it. Because, you know, she knows that he doesn't want to be human because they bonded today on their date. On their little date. She's like, he doesn't want it. He only wanted to be human once when he saw hummingbird. (laughs) He says, oh, he wants to keep Elena human to make more hybrids. And Caroline says, well, he's going to need them. Tyler's got almost all of them unsired. And then she's like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, shit. And Stefan's like, what did you just realize? And she's like, oh, my God. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck did she just get? Yeah, in the audience, it's like, what the fuck? At this point, we're cutting back and forth between the Salvador house and the Forbes house. So the Salvador house, Damon and Elena are still dancing very chastely. And then he spins her. And then they finally kiss. Delena girlies, we are eating tonight. Mmm, yummy. And then we go back over to the Forbes house really quick. And I was like, well, what are we doing over here? This isn't good. It's like, wait, no, no, go back, go back. <laughs> the Delena girlies, like, are literally, they have just gotten out of the trenches. And they're like, no. And they're like, hey. <laughs> and Caroline says, I was trying to figure out why Klaus was so intrigued by Damon and Elena. He said I'd figure it out. This is what he was talking about. Stefan says, what are you talking about? Caroline says, think about it. Every time Elena's had a problem, Damon has been the magic solution. We go back to the Salvador house where there's more making out. Delena Curly is like, don't do this to us. It's like, no. Let us enjoy this, please. It's like, no, stop dogging. Delena Curly say, don't go back to the Forbes house. Don't go back to the Forbes house. Oh, my God, that we're getting into. We think it's all over 
But then we go back to the Forbes house and Caroline gives us some examples. And she says, today, Elena was worried about Jeremy. Who swoops in and tells her to relax? Damon. And she listens. And you hear that. It's like, okay. And then she says, and when Elena started feeding, who said that she could only drink from the vein? And Stefan says, Damon. And then we go back to the Salvador house. More making out. And the making out is just getting sexier and sexier as we are getting knocked down further and further. It is whiplash for the Delana girlies. They get pushed down into the trench. They climb up a little bit. They get pushed down into the trench. So it's a muddy trench. It's a slippery wall today. At the Forbes house, Caroline says when she tried to drink from animals and blood bags, she couldn't keep it down. And Stefan's like, yeah, she couldn't keep it down. At the Salvador house, more, hotter, heavier, making out. And Caroline says, name one vampire in the history of vampires who couldn't drink blood from a blood bag. Damon said she couldn't, so she couldn't. And when you hear this now, it is like, that is crazy that I didn't question that more. Like, that is crazy that I was like, it's the doppelganger thing, I guess. No, because I felt the same way that I was like, that is weird that she can't drink from a blood bag. I kind of was like, oh, maybe she just can't do it now. Like, she just has to get used to the taste. Like, I was kind of like, Elena's being dramatic. Yeah, that was my read on the situation. And you'll remember at the time, she was like excited to go try animal blood. And Damon says, trust me, you're going to be miserable. And she was. And then we go over to the Salvatore house. More of the same. Making out. Sexy. Sexy, sexy. And then back over to the Forbes house. Caroline <laughs> says, Damon likes the red dress. Elena likes the red dress. And Stefan says, Damon says, kill Connor. She kills Connor. And Caroline says, what if it's possible? Damon's blood made her a vampire, right? And it did because Meredith fell, gave her Damon's blood to heal her head injury. We all know what happened. Mm-hmm. And Caroline says, it's rare, but it happens. What if this is one of those times? What if this is really happening? The Salvador house, Damon and Elena making out. They have no idea. They're just having fun. And at the Forbes house, Stefan spells it out for us in case we haven't picked it up by now he says elena is sired to damon and then back at the salvatore house they've moved into the bedroom clothes are off they are definitely having sex tonight and that's where we end the episode so number one question do you believe caroline's logic the way stefan does do you think elena is truly sired to damon yeah This makes me feel bad for Damon too. Cause Damon's like, I finally have done it. She finally realized. And it's going to be like, nobody, she's just sired to you. That's going to hurt. That's going to fucking hurt. No one wins in this situation. Yeah. Cause also Stefan can't brag about this. Cause this isn't fun. Yeah. Stefan can't be like, see. And Elena's going to be depressed because now like she really slept with Damon right before they figured this out. Who do you think is going to tell Elena? How do you think Damon and Elena are going to hear about this? What do you think their reactions are going to be? I do think Caroline and Stefan need to tell them about this like together. I think they need more than one person because if Stefan says it, no one's believing that because it's like, oh, he's just mad. It's going to be like, okay, we get it. You're sad. You broke up. Now, Elena, she's going to be deep in denial. She's not going to believe this. She's going to be like, no, I'm literally in love with him. (laughs) Be like, Stefan, like, you've got to let us go. I'm just in love with Damon now. And I think Damon will at first be in denial, but then he'll start realizing like, you know what? It was nice that she was agreeing with me all the time because that never happens for me. But that never happens for me. And that's weird. The evidence is compelling and there's a lot of it. Yeah. And I think Elena is going to 
be harder to convince of this because she's going to be like, no, no, I would never do that. Like, I would never just be sired to someone. Do you think there's going to be a tangible way that they will be able to prove it? I bet the easiest way is to get Damon to tell her she can drink blood bags and then have her drink blood bags or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just easy to track. I think the blood is the easiest one because she's forever thrown up the blood. So to drink it for the first time and not throw up right after that would be pretty compelling. I think there are other ways they could do it. Like he told her to like do something mean to Jeremy, but I think the blood one's just easiest, no pain. That's what we're going to have to lean with. Do you think there is a way to break this sire bond? And if so, how? So I was thinking about this because we know the sire bond is about being grateful. Mm -hmm. And now Elena talked a big game about wanting to die, but it seems like she's suddenly grateful for the blood evidently. So I think it's this weird balance because it's not like she's grateful to be a vampire. Yeah. But it seems like she's grateful that both her and Matt were able to survive this. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some way of tracking like what what the reasoning is, because we know that Cyberbond with Klaus is all about being grateful. We That may not necessarily be the same thing for the vampire one. It may just be some kind of connection. And it may have something to do, you know, with the blood sharing. Interesting. I'm just throwing that out there. And that may be like you just got to drink a bunch of other vampires. blood, <laughs> even it out. <laughs> Can't be sired to three people. But I think it is there has to be some kind of divide. And this requires Elena to be really good at sorting through her feelings critically, um, which I think is difficult for her. Not her strength. Especially now, because she's not going to like having to face the fact that she picked Stefan and then immediately got sired to Damon and like threw that all away. That's not going to be fun for her. Do you think this is going to cause a snag in Damon and Elena's burgeoning relationship? Yeah. So how long until you think Damon and Elena in a relationship now how long do you think it takes to get us sorted through this and on the other side we're at season five now okay what episode in season five the first five episodes somewhere in there because i do think that knowing that she's sired she's like well i can't trust that my feelings for damon were real so why would i throw away my relationship with Stefan for feelings for damon if they were just the part of the sire bond so i think there's a good potential that she'll go back to Stefan for a while. Also to break the sire bond is probably like keep her away from Damon for a while. Yeah. Because realistically, like that's probably a more effective thing. So I do think it's just going to push her back to Stefan a little bit. Also because now everyone sees her liking Damon as, or everyone will see her liking Damon as. An explainable flaw. As an explainable flaw and an extension of the sire bond, which is like, True, but it's not like she had no feelings for Damon before this. Yeah. So these are still like complicated feelings that she'll have to sort through. But now it's something that she's like, oh, I wasn't actually into Damon. It was the Cyobond. Yeah. I can go back to Stefan, no guilt, whatever. When it can push all of them into denial a little bit because Caroline can be like, see, she did change. Yeah, see, you didn't actually like Damon. And so it's going to take some energy for them to sort through these actual feelings because yes, the sire bond is part of it, but it's not like she would not have had those emotions for Damon heightened. Clearly the sire bond heightened them more than normal, but they would have been heightened regardless. You know, it's still an iffy situation, even if the sire bond gets broken. Yeah. 
the other question I have, we talked a little bit about Haley and Shane, but I do want to ask one other question about Shane. Mm -hmm. Do you think he did murder the council that he convinced Pastor Young to do that little blow up thing? Do you think it was him? That's a great question. I think he probably convinced Pastor Young. I'm assuming he's the one who told Pastor Young about whatever this greater evil was. Mm -hmm. So I think he probably convinced them that there was some sort of salvation or, you know, some reason why this would make sense to do. I mean, he really just had to convince Pastor Young. The other people in the farmhouse didn't necessarily agree with what was happening. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they were not excited to be there. So I do think it's something that he convinced or that they planned to have some kind of like cleansing and maybe the timeline got pushed up or something. And that's why they called so much that day because clearly they were in communication beforehand. And then that day things kind of went to shit. Yeah. I do have one thing to add. So Jeremy, we see him in this kind of hunter role now. Yeah. And I'm thinking of ways to slow that train down. Oh, that's a good question. I do think we can't necessarily expect him to go full hunter because that's kind of what happened to Alaric. So we have to assume there's a different storyline here. Mm -hmm. My thought, I was thinking through the episode of how would we stop Jeremy from becoming a hunter? How would we slow that train or get the Merc and then switch him back to something? And one potential that I think offers up a number of questions to it is turning Jeremy into a vampire, either after he's killed enough or whatever. But I think the questions come up with that. Like what happens if you turn a hunter because you're essentially killing that hunter? So then would Jeremy get nightmares about himself? Well, if he kills himself. But let's say like Stefan feeds Jeremy blood and then kills Jeremy. Does he then get the hunter's curse? Yeah. And does that hunter's curse last if Jeremy is still like walking? If they turn Jeremy, does then it's like, oh, the hunter's curse is done because now he's a vampire. But also, is he just a vampire hunter who's a vampire like Michael? So I think there are some questions of how we could essentially break this instinct a little bit. And the other question is like hybrids, will his like body reject it the way werewolves rejected? Do they need a certain type of blood? That's true. Just think about that in terms of how do we how do we stop Jeremy from wanting to murder the entire team? Yeah. Like we understand it would be useful for him to kill vampires. And realistically, they're not finding another hunter. So whether Jeremy wants to work with them to kill vampires, I'm going to guess Shane's going to weasel his way in somehow anyway. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a question of will Jeremy kill more vampires? It's what will happen when he does. Mm-hmm. and how can he keep himself in check? And yeah, Matt's there to watch over him, but like, it is Matt. Yeah. And that's not even trying to be mean to Matt, but he doesn't have this understanding. There's only so much Matt can do. He's a human. Jeremy could easily knock him out. Yeah, Jeremy won't kill him, but he might not listen to him. Yeah, Connor knocked Matt out in the hallway once. So I just think, you know, it's interesting to see what Jeremy is going to do and how do we steer him in the right direction without killing him. Because nobody wants that curse because we don't have another fucking potential. So how long are you going to get those nightmares? Do you think Jeremy's going to complete his mark? Most likely because we have to have a complete mark to get to what Shane is planning. Do you think Jeremy's going to find a way to like suppress the urge to kill his sister and all his friends enough to help them with the mark? Or do you think they're going to have to basically like work with Jeremy through a conduit or something? I mean, I think it wouldn't hurt to lock him up in one of those dungeons. Not to be this person. I mean, I love Jeremy. I'm also forever concerned about Jeremy dying, more than anyone on this show, apparently. Yeah, you're very concerned, even though he's been fine. 
but he seems like he's an easy one to kill. And so this puts him in dangerous territory. It's true. Like, I'm not worried about Damon or Stefan or Caroline or Elaine or Bonnie. I'm like, Jeremy. But that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, tell your friends and give us five stars reading a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.